Would you like to try our new bacon and eggs fajita? Just a dollar twenty-nine for a limited time only. Uh, no, but thank you. I'd like the big barn burger, smiley fries, and an orange soda. Please hang up the window. Thank you. Smiley or Mr. Smiley's, that'll be four ninety-eight, please. Do you like some smiley sauce? No, no, no. Actually, I'd like to fill out an application. There's no jobs for manager. It's just for counter. Good. I'm looking for the least possible amount of responsibility. I don't think you'd fit in here. I have fast food experience. <laughs> yeah, like 20 years ago. Well, I'm sure there have been amazing technological advances in the industry, but surely you must have some sort of training program. It seems unfair to presume I won't be able to learn. Recording to you from South Lake Union, Seattle, Washington. Studio 212, part of the Soundcasting Network. This is going to be episode 113 of Grill. How long, long? steak, mister? <laughs> Wait, that's your part. <laughs> There's only one expiry. You're right, man. Sorry, chef. So, what are you doing? You're making me look I'm, bad. I'm growing a steak, chef. So, how much longer on that medium rare steak there, sir? Four minutes, it's resting. Four minutes with rest. Thank you. I am the host of this podcast. My name is Bobby Stills. Maybe you and you recognize that voice and his supreme amateur uh, behavior that he just caused in studio. Chef Troy Janowski. <laughs> That's pretty damn close. Krajewski. <laughs> Krajewski. Krajewski. I just saw you the juice. That's right. The juice. I'll take the, it. The juice. Not to be confused. <laughs> uh, of uh, Rock Creek. Yes. Yes. Rock Creek. You just came from there, right? I did. <laughs> Prepping? Yeah, yeah. Getting stuff ready for the weekend. Oh, brunch. Yeah, brunch master. Yeah. Got any write-ups there? Brunch master. Got any write-ups, write-ups about you? Uh, not that I've seen. I mean, as you know, I'm not the uh, I'm not on the interwebs. <laughs> <laughs> so if I have, I don't know about it. Yeah, every time at the end of the show, we always, you want to put out some social medias? He's like, I have zero. <laughs> Are you wanted? Are you a wanted man? Uh, you know what? I might have some past. <laughs> <laughs> we all have past, sir. So I've recently heard from a couple people out in the real world and on the interwebs that uh, they're kind of upset that I don't put out consistently enough. Also, the producer, uh, dropping a deucer, is not here, old Queefster. He bitches at me a lot, too, because consistency is key. I say that. That should be like right. a catchphrase of mine. I yeah. say that so much. But he believes in the podcast world that you need to put out something each week. You know, people get bored. They won't listen up. But I know you guys out there, uh, you don't give two fucks. Uh, if I'm there and you can listen to me while you're prepping, then uh, it's all good. I've been reached out to by a couple of chefs on the East Coast and down South about uh, being upset because it's a, kind of a weekly thing that they listen to. One crew, maybe the, the brunch prep crew. We'll listen to it every week, and so when I don't show up, somebody's you know somebody's pissed. You're part of someone's weekly routine. So yeah, I apologize to all of you guys out there uh, for not being consistent, but I put this on Johnny. I blame Johnny 
And I thank Troy for coming in and filling in uh, a little bit. He's becoming one of my favorite people to record with. So I thank you, and I appreciate yeah. you. Well, apparently you're a very patient man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Johnny, if his old ball and chain out there, shout out Sarah, uh, love you. But if she allows him to, he's going to come up here next week and record with me and fill you guys in. I told him he owes it to you guys, and uh, I miss him. And, I mean, it's just that chocolate caramel goodness. You know, I need it mixed with my uh, matzo ball, you know, body. <laughs> a, Sweet and savory. <laughs> <laughs> I have a body body shaped like a matzo ball. So he's going to be here next week. We also reached out to Eric Rivera. I really enjoyed talking with him and I like what he's doing. And he's recently posted some stuff that I was very interested in talk to him, talking to him about. So I'm going to have him back up here in two weeks. And then after that, we're going to go for some big dogs. Maybe you guys care. Maybe you don't. I don't really care. I'm not about a, I'm not a star fucker or anything. I don't care how popular you are, how many followers you got. I just like talking to interesting people. All right, let's hear what you got to so, say. We're working on getting Cat Cora up here. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's going to work out, but we are. We, she, we gotta, still doing Taco Bell spots? I have no idea. <laughs> we got we to gotta iron in the iron in the fire. Let's see. So, yeah, I was going to say, fill you guys in. I'm still not working. I am not really working, looking for work. Uh, I had recently had a death in my family. I want to say rest in peace to my baby cousin, Courtney. Heroin is a hell of a drug. Troy, don't do it. It's true. I mean, I'm you should try that. it. Try it once. Uh, <laughs> opium tea, great. Heroin, sometimes good. <laughs> if you boof it, that's the word of the week. Boofing. All right, take do, that one home, kids. Do you know, what boofing is. I am familiar. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I got to go home to Ohio and see all my family and say hi and eat some of the, you know, the fine cuisine there in Columbus, Ohio. Oh yeah. It consisted of Donato's Pizza, uh, White Castle sliders. Um, I tried a place called North Star Diner. It was pretty good, but uh, Rally's Fries, you ever heard of Rally's? Isn't that chili fries? Isn't that what they do? Skyline Chili. Yeah. Represent. All that's from Cincinnati, though, but it is across Ohio. Funny story. I think I told this story already one time, but the CEO of Boeing came to my friend's house, right? And he came over to watch the Buckeyes football game with us. And he brought something he likes to call uh, Ohio pizza. And he brought over a Bobley Pizza dough. Okay, yeah, the crust. A can of Skyline chili, some spaghetti, and a whole bag of cheddar cheese. And he boiled the the pasta and then mixed in the chili, put it on a pizza, and then covered it with hella cheddar cheese. And then we threw it in the oven and ate it. This I can't is, say I wouldn't try a slice. This is the CEO of, <laughs> CEO of Boeing. I didn't believe my friend. Like, as this, and I looked him up and I was like, sure enough. And he came over wearing like fucking flip flops, sweatpants. I was like, you know, whatever. But that was pretty cool. Let's get into the show, guys. We are going to start off talking about a fun little thing in the industry we like to call no call, no shows. We're going to talk about both sides of the coin. Uh, article recently came out on poach.com. Uh, you want to explain to them what Poached is? Yes. So Poached, uh, like many of those people out there that have what I consider normal jobs, might use uh, various websites for finding staff. This is what we use in the restaurant industry for finding staff is Poached. My resume recently went up on Indeed just because. 
you know, and I've been getting hit up by all sorts of people. Actually, I got hit up by uh, somebody at a kind of a nice French restaurant downtown in the downtown corridor, and they had uh, reached out to me about being a sous chef. And I said, you know, I saw online that you had a position open for host <laughs> three days a week. I am available on those three days. And they're like, well, what? And I was like, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'm not, I don't know what I want to do. I'm not I'm, sure. I'm great with people. You want I, this face at the I, front of your French restaurant. I mean, you know, I hit them with that wink and that smile. <laughs> They're coming back every week. That's right. Once a week, with with or without their significant other. Three nights a week host, I go, and I then play six both. months from now, concierge. I, yeah. <laughs> I play both sides. Your husband <laughs> and your wife, well, both fair game. Just people pleaser. <laughs> exactly. But there is a problem. Front of the house really doesn't have too much of an issue. Oh, it's easy to find servers. That's because Well, why... You know, this is the thing. I've bitched about it on the show before. Why, if you're getting paid pretty much the same amount of money, would you want to work in the back of a kitchen where you yelled at all the time, you're hot, you're sweaty, you're first in, first out, and then you get to take no breaks? Why and why do that when you can just go to the front, wear some nice clothes, walk in, sit down, eat, play on your phone, pretend like you know anything about the menu? No, you just go ask. You just go ask the people in the kitchen. Yeah. They're the ones that have to know stuff. So people, a lot of people are jumping ship. Not only that, but there are such there's such a job shortage that people. It's the pick of the litter. It used to be. You had to fight. You were, you know, 10 people would apply for the job and only one person is going to get picked. Yeah. You had, a, you had no leverage, too, in your current position where you're at. You leave, there's, there's, oh, there's probably got, five more resumes coming in better than yours. Plenty, we got plenty <laughs> more, plenty more. But nowadays it's, you know, you got two positions to fill and you don't get any resumes in for, you know, a couple of weeks. And so you're down a man, you're short. That's when you start paying overtime and stuff like that. Yep. That's why they try to put everybody on salary. Yeah. I had a friend over last night who is a, he works at Coastal Kitchen. I'm trying to get him on the show. Shout out Jake. Uh, and I was like, what's your position up there? And he's like, well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to call myself a, a evening supervisor. <laughs> and I was like, excuse me? And he's like, so like you're a lead. You're a, a nighttime lead. Yeah, that's what it cook. sounds like. And he goes, yeah, I mean, I do the ordering and I and I help with the schedule. And, yeah, I'm pretty much in charge, you know, of the, my evening crew. But uh, I was like, no chef title or anything. And he goes... Oh, the fuck that? So I can be on salary? <laughs> right. <laughs> Sounds underpaid is what that sounds exactly. like. Exactly. <laughs> uh, he's a good dude. He's super smart. But um, I was like, are you guys, every place I know is short. Oh, yeah. Every place I know is shorthanded. And that was one issue. One thing that I understood once I lost my job is that I could, you know, go outside and spit in any direction and uh, throw a rock at any business and pick pick where I want to work. At. Exactly. It's not hard. You got to find the one you want. So, yeah, so they're talking about in this article about ways to get people to actually show up for their job interview. Are you in charge of hiring at your job? Uh, I help out with it, but it's mostly the other guy that takes care, I'm, which I prefer. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to sit down and talk to them? No, I usually, well, for example, I talk to a guy on uh, Tuesday afternoon that is dodging tonight. Um, so I, I do my part, but I don't like being involved in all of the negotiation of actually hiring them. That's just not, it's not exciting for me. 
Yeah. So this article is trying to give people maybe some a little bit of help about getting people to actually show up for the interview. And a couple of the techniques that they said that worked really, really well was uh, making sure you check in with that person and reminding them when their actual interview is. Yeah. Being friendly. That's also one thing that you know, needs to change in our industry is... Well, the stash goes both ways, you know, or the interview of, like, they're seeing if they want to work for you. If you're an asshole on the phone, they're not going to want to work for you. Yeah, yeah, you, but yeah, and you would act like you're doing them a favor. Yeah. Like you, you, and that's that's the ego, though, in the business, mm-hmm. is that you want people to say, like, my name should drive people here, or I'm so good that people should want to work for me. And it's true in some restaurants here, but even some of those restaurants here in Seattle with some big names in the industry, like, Tom Douglas doesn't work they, he pays his employees really, really well. Yeah, and, he takes care of them. And people love working for his company. And word travels fast. And so, you know, you may go stage at one place or hear, or hear about an opening at one place but not want to go there because you heard the chef is a dick. And then you go work at one of Tom Douglas's restaurant, which is good food. But he takes care of his employees, and they really like working there. So— Maybe you should change your image in the kitchen and try to be a little more polite. Yeah. Stop yelling so much. Be approachable. I had a stage when I first moved to Seattle uh, about five years ago, a place that I was stoked on the food. I liked the kitchen. Five minutes talking to the chef, I was like, this guy is so up his own ass. I don't ever want to talk to him again. I'm out. <laughs> Not interested. Yeah, it's tough. We uh, we also had um, – I've had, I've had a couple of chefs in here where I interviewed them, and they're good people. They're good people. Um, They're very creative. They're talented chefs. But we had talked about it to where a lot of times when you go in a stage somewhere, you don't get to see the chef in action. You don't work with the chef. The chef is the one that interviews you, critiques you, and then he goes and asks somebody else how you did. And it's like, man, fuck that dude's opinion. I'm not coming to work for this fucking dude. I work with him. You know, we're a team. Yeah. on the line, but at the same time, it's like, how are you going to go off somebody else's opinion? Yeah. What he, if this? What if me and this dude had a prior, prior history of of working somewhere he didn't like me? So I I've always not liked. I like to go in and work with the chef. And there's been so many times where a chef has interviewed me, or I've talked to them, and they brought me in for a stage, and I never saw him the entire time. And I wouldn't sometimes want to get a call back. Yep. No, not even a call back to let me know like what I could have done better or anything. I think following up with somebody is very, very important, very crucial. And it's it's part of how people lose the level of professionalism in this industry. You know, afterwards, call them up, say, hey, you didn't you know, we're going with someone else. You didn't make it. Let them know. Don't leave them hanging for a week. Remember, these are people that are still looking for work, too. Yeah. They got they got a life. <laughs> they need money. Let them know. <laughs> yeah, and Eric Rivera had a very very good point he posted on Instagram last was the last week or 2 weeks ago about it really hit me hit me really hard and I had I was talking to some other cooks in the industry and we were talking about how you need to ch- change the mindset of cooks. When I used to, when I was younger and I was really hungry for like, you know, had the really the bid, the drive and the passion to really be creative and do cool stuff. I, you know, staging is free, free work. You know, you come in some, there'd be, you'd have to stage with two different people sometimes, maybe the Sue and then the, the exec. And you would, you, you just wanted to go in there and cook and show them what you did. Nowadays, people are, 
younger people are like, I'm not fucking working for free. Yeah. I'm not coming in oh, there. you're paying me in dinner? No, thanks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're like, go fuck yourself. I recently had a chef, a buddy of mine was like, said he wanted me to come work for him or whatever. And I said, maybe I'll just come down there and do it for fun. You know, maybe I'll just yeah. come down there just to hang with you and, and figure out how your stuff goes and just, just not even expectations. Yeah. Right. And he goes, no, 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 I'll pay you. And I was like, no, you don't, no, you don't have to worry about it. Like, you know, and he's like, no, no, no. You, if you're coming to work, I'm going to pay you. And I was just, I was just in awe of that. Like that does, I don't think I've ever been paid for a stage ever my entire life. No. Have no, you? Uh, nope. I did a stash that was almost 14 hours once. <laughs> I was like, all right, you guys are just taking advantage of free labor at this point. Well, I'm prepping for your banquet tomorrow. Well, <laughs> not only that, but uh, me and Johnny have talked about, we've talked about staging on this show a bunch. I think uh, my first episode we talked about staging. Yeah, but we had uh, talked about them bringing people in and having them pick uh, herbs for you. And you never even really stepping on the line. Yeah. You know, they're like, you're filling in. They're yeah. shorthanded. You're filling in a position. <laughs> yeah. And they're just seeing if you, you know, you can follow directions and stuff. But it has really has nothing to do with cooking. No, it's nothing. They say a lot in this article about try not to don't go for the seasoned vets. When you are looking at your resumes and you're deciding who you're going to set up for an interview, don't go after the late 20s person with the, the dope resume because that person's probably already been approached by numerous other cooks and they're getting offers out the ass. And so they're probably not going to show unless you verbally talk to them and they're a complete asshole, probably not going to show up. Yeah. Also, if they do, you just walked into a bidding war probably trying to get this guy in the door. <laughs> exactly. Go for the younger person who doesn't have very much experience. Take on a project. Exactly. Passion counts a lot more than experience yeah. in this industry. Can't teach them to care. <laughs> exactly. And that's the, that's one of the main problems in the industry now is nobody gives a fuck anymore. No one, no one cares. A and a lot of people in this industry, they're stuck. They're stuck in industry. They don't know how, they don't have very good educations. They have some, maybe some personal issues. And the only thing they really know how to do that's ever been good in their life is they know how to cook. And that's one consistent good thing in their life is that they can make good food for people. So they become disgruntled and they become uh, upset at their job and they take for granted, you know, so maybe some life skills that they have and they just hate their fucking job. They just come into a new place and they just look at it like it's the same shit, different kitchen. You yeah. know, but we have, a, you know, that theory of the grass is always greener. Every time I leave a restaurant, go anything's got to be better than this place, anything at all. But you go across the street and it's the same shit, different it's, space. And you run across the same people. Every single kitchen I've worked in has had that guy in, in, his, characters. in his late 30s, maybe early 40s. It's only ever cooked. He used to love it, but he stopped seeing the value in it. He's getting too old for that shit now, but he wants to leave. He doesn't know how to do anything better, and he's too old to go to construction. So you sit there with this grumpy-ass <laughs> line cook that doesn't want to do it anymore, and you don't want to be on a station next to him either. It's not it, fun for anyone. <laughs> it's just it's just something. We've talked a lot about negativity on the line and how it affects the whole crew, and that's the, the exec's job to nip that shit in the bud, you know, Yeah. Uh, because ultimately they're the one that hired him. Yeah. So um, any other tips you could think of about getting people to show up for their interviews? Uh, you know, take the same approach they did. Be professional. Be friendly. You know, they're trying to get a job, but you're also trying to get an employee. You're trying to find someone good. So be respectful. And make them, make them want to work for you. Show them that you have a good time in your kitchen. Oh, shit. Right on time. 
Well, I was going to move in. This is so funny that she's calling me. Uh, right on. We we're going to talk. We we're going to move into something else that I thought was pretty, pretty cool involving no call, no shows, interviewing and being short in the kitchen. And that is I have a lot of friends lately that are murder for hire type cooks. And what they're doing is they're going from kitchen to kitchen working for cash. They're cash only cooks. And I don't understand why there's not a temp temporary cooking company, like, like a, a temp, temp, agency. temp cook service, yeah. a fill-in service for uh, restaurants that need somebody until they hire somebody. I, I had a friend call me today, and she's like been looking for somebody for a long time, asking if I wanted to come work with her, and I said, no. I did not want to come work. Well, I just don't want to work at a, her place. You know, it has nothing to do with her. She's a great chef. I mean, she's a good friend of mine, too. But she's in really in a bind. And I said, if you pay cash, maybe I'll come in and fill in for one day. And she said, I got to check with my boss. And that was her calling me. And she said, yes, I can pay you in cash from 7 to 11. So I may go out there and work there if I go. have enough time. I need to call her back after the show. But I just don't understand why there is not one of those... See, and I've heard agencies out there. I do know of some people that have gone through an agency here in Seattle that is one of those, but it was for um, banquets, special events mostly that are these larger scale operations dealing with more. Um, but that's a short term contract. It is. It is. So that would work. And, and also, you're working. Uh, you're you know you're being put up at places that have corporate offices. You're not you're not working for a chef owned restaurant that needs a cook for. A night because someone bailed, yeah. uh, and you know they they just need to get through tonight's service and then figure out the schedule for the rest of the week. <laughs> but until then, it's four o'clock. Their guy was supposed to be here two hours ago, uh, and they got no one to call. It's yeah, ba- you, bailout. You need a chef bailout service. Yeah, and I I, I mean, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's just <laughs> like I'd love to go. I I can handle myself. On any line. Uh, my my issue isn't really with my cook, my skills of my cooking. Like, you show me something, I can make it pretty much to a T like you made it. You just show me what you want, yep. how you want it done, how you want it plated. I'm good to go. Uh, my issue is uh, working well with others. Because uh, yeah. if I think someone's an idiot, I'm going to express to somebody else. You're going to say something about it? (laughs) Yeah. It's something that I'm working on in my my personal life. It needs to be. I've been meditating a lot, and I feel like a weirdo because the moment I want to snap on somebody, I close my eyes, and I take a deep breath, and I imagine myself on a cliffside with waves coming in. And I'm, I'm calm, and then I can speak to them. But you don't have time to do that. <laughs> no, you don't. It's also not a, an atmosphere to sweep things under the rug and let it build up either. <laughs> yeah, but if you were to just like, I mean, I, I think I have, I have some anger issues. We all have some anger issues. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe me more than others. <laughs> but I just don't, I sometimes don't work well with others. Well, it's, it's tough, too, when you know your value in a kitchen and you're filling in somewhere, say in that scenario where you don't have to, you're not vested in it. You're there for a night, but you're working next to this guy, just looking at his knife skills. He's swinging hot pans, doesn't care. Oh yeah, get that. What are you doing, dude? Splashing grease everywhere. Oil. (laughs) What are you doing, homie? I'm going to slip and fall, fucking fuck my knee up. Hey, where's, did you, did you take my salt? Where'd my salt go? Oh yeah, (laughs) we're just talking, tell, tell, tell the listeners the story about, which I hope, listen, there's two sides of this coin. If you you relate to this in any way, this story right here, and you are the person setting up your station, then you feel our pain. If you are the person on the other side of the coin and you are doing this, stop immediately. Stop immediately. 
Troy, hit yeah. him with the story. All right. So I've got a couple of my cooks that I work with that, uh, especially in the mornings on, on brunch, I run a lean program that's me and two other people back ooh, there. Ooh. Uh, and so it's it's stationed by numbers, man. I'm shuffling people around. Uh, and so what will happen, people are making moves. They're plating up, uh, helping someone else on their station doing stuff. I turn around. My utensils are gone. I got nothing. You know, I called you over to bail someone else out to, to help them because they're putting 15 plates in the window. Well, I'm putting the same amount up myself. You think I don't need spoons and run, tongs to run do that? Running in circles, son. <laughs> so when I turn around and my stuff is gone because you showed up unprepared, I'm not the asshole for saying, hey, don't take my stuff. But they turn you... <laughs> it's there for a you reason. Turn, they turn you into the asshole. And then you get vilified. You turn into the villain. You are the angry chef. <laughs> yeah. You are the one yelling. And so my that's what I was saying to Troy was that that happens to me all the time. Uh, I've been accused of being uh, yelling and being a bully and being aggressive in the kitchen. I don't think I'm a very... I'm a bully or an aggressive person. And what I was saying to Troy was that the first three times... I was polite about it. You know, it escalates. And, and you say, hey, hey, man, you, where's my shit at? You know, yeah. very jokingly laugh about it. And they're like, ah, you know, whatever. But by the fourth fucking time, yeah. I'm over it. I, it pisses me off. It's mine. If they're my stuff. I set it up a certain way. Yeah. I expect my shit to be there. Just because you're an unorganized fucking <laughs> bitch. I, oh, my God. Guess what? We had hours to put ourselves into a position to be successful. I yeah, did, what were I you did doing? that. I did that. We used, well, we used to, I, when I was younger, I used to get bitched at because they were like, look, you guys are the ones who decided you want to take four smoke breaks before service started, <laughs> and now you're behind. Don't ask me to bail you out when I was in here getting set up. Uh-huh. You guys are outside sucking each other's dicks or, or <laughs> fucking blazing weed, you know? Fucking take, take care of your shit. But that comes with age and time and experience. It does. It does. And uh, sometimes those are the projects you got to pick up. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but the young minds from the molding can turn into some of the uh, the better veterans down the road. You can also shape them into a fucking asshole, though, Yeah, too. you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, how long does it take, mister? Six minutes. <laughs> so let's be a new one. It's a new, new, uh, new steak. Uh, we're gonna finish the this week's episode with uh, a fun story, a lighter story. I I, I enjoyed this story, Troy. You, I'm gonna yeah, let Troy, this, Troy lead this story. This one appeals to uh, to the the change of seasons here. We're gonna get in. That's the, right. The end of of outdoor cooking. But not no. See, I don't <laughs> look at it like that. I'm looking at it. I looked at this like it's fo- we're getting into football season. Oh, that's true. Tailgating. See, I work Sunday mornings. I forgot about football. <laughs> so this is what I'm equating this to. So barbecue season, barbecue season is gone. Yes. Grill season is in. There's a difference. It's true. Johnny it's had true. taught me all about it. Before that, I didn't know there was a difference between barbecuing and grilling. Okay. Well, the barbecue is the event. It's the event. <laughs> I, I hear, I'm with you on that one, Johnny. Uh, yeah, I didn't know there was a difference. All right. But so nonetheless, imagine this. You're having a barbecue. That's the difference. You're having you're hosting a barbecue. BBQs. You and you and your boys, you get your friends over, you get a whole gaggle of meat, several cases of beer, a couple packs of cigarettes, you're all standing outside listening to some tunes, just bullshit and enjoying the weather. You start setting up the grill and you realize something's missing. You're standing there. You've got your meat on the grill. You got a beer in your hand. Your friends around. There is no supervision. No. There is there is no adult father figure 
making sure that that meat is being grilled properly. That's right. That's right. You got all your friends say you want to party, you want to hang out. It always needs to be the dad. You got to have every... This has been known since the beginning of Cooking with Fire. And I think this is what they missed in that show last year, talking about Cooking with Fire. Yeah, it's good. The cavemen didn't have someone watching them (laughs) grill their meat. So they were missing out on that superior cook otherwise. So... Basically, what happened, there's a group of guys in uh, Spokane, Spokane, Washington. So at least something right is going on Spoke, out there. Spokompton. Spokant. <laughs> Hopefully, so. we don't have no listeners out there. <laughs> oh, man. When I was living in eastern Washington, quick side story, not a shout out to Tri-Cities. It was so awful that I spent my three-day weekends in Spokane at my brother's house. Ooh, I've been out there. So, I've been out there a couple times. I think I've earned the right to, to throw I, some shit. I got some good people. Their heroin problem out there is the one of the worst I've ever seen. Oh, it's bad. I mean, I've been to a lot of cities where like, oh, so many people are dying of heroin. And I was like, no, Spokane is... It's awful. Ooh, it's it's seen. I don't even know if it's seen better days. To be honest, it is. Yeah, it is bad out there. But anyway, some some guys out in Spokane, they realized what was missing in their summer barbecue life. The, the ages of them range from twenty to twenty five, so they're all young men. Young they're men. freshly either you know out of college or whatever, and you know they're not really used to barbecuing by themselves. They need some guidance. They're trying to figure it out on their own. So they decide to take matters into their own hands. And what do you do when you need something? You post an ad on Craigslist. Good old Craigslist, <laughs> unless you want a hooker, because they don't allow that anymore. That's true. <laughs> and I mean, we got to roar over here, Spokane. If you don't can't find a hooker without Craigslist, you're gonna want to go up to Francis, my, corner division in Francis. My friend uh, who came over the house last night said uh, he said Aurora. He came from Aurora, and he was like, "That it's popping over there. <laughs> you know, it died down for a little bit. They shut down a little bit, a little bit, a couple of the hotels." But it is popping. Prostitutes Ooh. everywhere. And it is it is in the daytime is when I see <laughs> most of them. Oh, man. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. So they post an ad. You're going to have to uh, brief me on some of the details here. But ultimately, they were looking for, imagine your basic father figure. So basically, the ad these gentlemen posted was, to the interested individuals, we will be throwing a backyard barbecue on June 17th to celebrate beer and each other. We range in ages from 21 to 26, sorry. And while most of us know how to operate a grill, none of us are prepared to fill the role as the barbecue dad. That being said, we are in need of a general generic father figure from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m., though you may stay the full duration of the party. The duties will include grilling hamburgers and hot dogs whilst you drink beer, Bring your own grill. Though this is subject to change, we can provide all of the meat. Refer to all the attendees as big guy, chief, sport, champ, etc. while you drink beer. Talk about dad things like lawnmowers, building a new deck, Jimmy Buffett. You need to have funny anecdotes are highly encouraged, a, a highly encouraging, all whilst drinking beer. Your experience needs to be 18 years as a father. You need a minimum of 10 years grilling, an appreciation of nice cold beer on a hot summer day. We can pay you in money, and we can give you all the food and cold beer your heart desires. Grill for a few hours, then sit back and crack a few cold ones open with the boys. It's a real ad. They do want, uh, they said you get extra points. Preferences uh, will be given to any applicants named Bill, Randy, or Dave. And it turns out they found three. They had multiple <laughs> candidates. They had over a hundred yes, different had candidates. Several applicants, yes. That's and true. they they decided 
to uh, round it out with a panel of father figures <laughs> so, to complete their barbecue so needs. So the three dads they chose on were Scott, Pete, and Jim. Basically, these guys show up. One guy actually comes, and he brings drags along like a giant smoker towed behind his car. Yeah, his name is Jim, a.k.a. the Grill Dad. And he, he yeah, he brought, he came with burgers and brats. Uh, there's Scott. He's the weed dad. He uh, owned a dispensary, and he started hooking everybody with uh, free weed. Uh, he also dished out some very, very good uh, follow-up advice to all the gentlemen there. And Scott had recently lost his own dad, and so he brought mementos to his father, and he understood how important it was to have a barbecue dad there. Uh, Pete was the army dad, and uh, he was... Uh, he brought the pony kegs along and the guitar, like every embarrassing dad. He had. Um, I'm sure he had a few Jimmy Buffett songs up his sleeves. <laughs> songs, uh, yeah. When the the news got wind of this thing, they uh, they came by and interviewed everybody. And I just I thought it was a really really good good article to share with everybody about. Um, you know, a lot of people in the industry we take our jobs for granted, and and it it, it is. It's like a family in the kitchen, and a lot of our execs are executive chefs or father figures to us, and uh, you got to be sure to pass that down and around to some some younger people and get on that grill and show them what's up. Exactly, and food bringing people together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's it, and the thing about it, what I thought was so funny was these guys were you know they're sitting there saying that you know it's like they 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 could grill themselves, they know how to do it, oh, yeah. but they want to hang out with their friends. They need barbecue dad there to man the grill. They need somebody to man the grill. These, and they can party, too, and hang out. They just they just need to grill all the food. They can drink beer. They can laugh. We'll visit with them, shoot the shit. But ultimately, these young guys want to hang out. These are no one to be responsible for the grill. Usually, that ends up being my job at every fucking party I do. Because oh, yeah. people show up with beautiful, beautiful pieces of meat for these barbecues. And then, all of a sudden, they don't. They don't know how to cook them. Yeah. See, and I figured it out. So, so people, they started getting a step ahead of me. They'll show up. They get it ready. It's on the grill. Hey, could you go 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 flip that for me? Or hey, I need I need an extra set of hands out here, Troy. Can you come on? I do. And then suddenly they disappear as soon as the spatula is in my hand. You know and up. I just absorbed all cooking duties. So uh, we want to dedicate this episode of Grill How Long Steak, Mister, uh, to all the barbecue dads out there. And uh, it's going to bring us to the end of this episode. Episode, what did I say it was? Uh, 113. Episode 113 of Grill How Long Steak, Mister. 45 seconds. 45 seconds to play. Hey, we've been waiting on Troy for a long time, but we got it, guys. So you can go ahead and, you know, get your pasta plated. I uh, want to thank the Soundcasting Network. I want to thank uh, Keith, even though he's not here. Me and him have been fighting a lot lately. He, he has one idea of which way this show should go. I have another idea of which way this show should go. I'm like mumbling, stumbling over my words today. I don't know what it is. I'm in an extra good mood today. I don't know. I've been working out, meditating. Yeah. You know? Makes a difference. Sober October, man. Are you partaking? I am not. I'm going to New Orleans <laughs> in a couple weeks. <laughs> How long have you been gone for? A uh, week. All right. I want to encourage everybody to go to our social media pages. It's going to be Grow How Long Steak Mister on Facebook. It's going to be Grow How Long Steak Mister on Instagram. SoundCloud is Grow How Long Steak Mister. Uh, our Twitter is at How Long Steak Mister. Um, email Grow How Long Steak Mister at gmail.com. If you want to follow me on social media platforms, it's going to be at Bobby Stills on Instagram. Thank everybody that's following me out there. Sorry I don't post enough food stuff. 
I've been cooking a lot at home, and when I'm at work, I really don't think about taking pictures of my food that I plate. No, not interested. I'm just if I do, it's new, and I just want to remember how I plated it. Yeah, yeah. Or you want to take a picture when the chef plates it, so you remember and do it yeah. the same exact way. Uh, any social media is there, Troy? Uh, there is nothing, unfortunately, for those who want to follow the uh, the face that goes with this smooth, smooth voice. You're just gonna have to close your eyes and imagine. Oh, good God! Uh, yeah, I want to thank the Soundcasting Network. I think I already did that, but I want to encourage everybody to check out uh, some other podcasts on the network. So if you go to www www.soundcastingnetwork.com There's tons of other shows. Uh, I always promote How to Be a Better Drinker because those are friends of mine. They're bartenders. and it's great. Bartenders and uh, cooks go hand in hand. Oh, man. Uh, Matt James and Justin Free. Very funny. You can learn about a lot about booze and then maybe if you pick up a girl someday you can, uh, you know, give her some cool facts. Impress her with a little cocktail shake at home. I'll impress her with a cocktail. <laughs> Alright, guys. Until next week. Grill. How long steak, mister? Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch.